Hey folks, and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. This is your host, Aid, uh, here almost on the run up to Christmas now. Uh, certainly, I finished work for the year, thankfully. Um, my body is in the process of expressing its exhaustion, but I'm uh, hoping I've got enough fumes left in the tank for this show. Anyway, if I keel over midway, uh, my good buddy Graham will take over, I am sure. Graham, how are you, mate? I'm doing very well, thank you, Aid. Um, I'm sat here in my living room, which looks like a festive bomb has gone off in it at the moment, because in addition to the usual scattering of cameras everywhere, there's also <laughs> presents waiting to be wrapped, wrapping paper, and, and just it's it's a scene of chaos, um, but, you know, festive chaos. So uh, I'm trying to get myself more into the spirit, and I haven't quite finished work yet, still got a couple more days, but my definition of work at this time of year is quite lax anyway, so it's it's not too hard, really. Fair enough. Yeah, I know what you mean about the house looking like a bomb site. Um, uh, there's paper and sellotape and scissors and loads and loads of presents all over the place. And, and there's a lot of them are sort of hidden underneath blankets so that our kids <laughs> don't get too uh, inquisitive. So this is yeah. interesting time of year for that sort of thing. And uh, it's uh, also an interesting time of year for the Sunnies. The Sunnies, yes. They progress slowly, but they progress. Um, I want to, first of all, just say a big thank you to Corey, one, for being uh, an awesome um, guest and co-host last week with us, but for doing a great job, as his predecessors have done, curating the feed for us this week, um, sharing some awesome pictures, a lot of which I hadn't seen before, although I have yet to see a picture of a beaten up car, so... Corey, you made a promise. Uh, we need to see a picture of that car. Yeah, totally. Um, we named a podcast after him, so he's got to he's got to give us the goods now. Yeah, he absolutely has. I'm going to nag him about that. Actually, make sure he does it before he quits out. Um, <laughs> but in in between Corey's awesome posting, I did sneak up the post for the next um, category in the sunnies which is uh the best new analog photography thing of the year. Um, and that was, I sat down when I was putting this post together, okay, I want to try and find some pictures and started looking and collecting up all the things that have come out this year that I could think of. And there were quite a lot of things. Um, and I realized I'd even forgotten some of them because as you pointed out this evening, um, the impossible, I, what's that thing called? I won. The camera, yeah, I believe it's called the i1. The impossible that came out this year, and I completely forgot that that was this year thing. So there's been quite a lot of cool things that have come out this year, and then unsurprisingly, people put things in the in the um, comments that I hadn't even thought of. So um, yeah, it, it's great. People are getting on there and getting some really good suggestions in there, or getting some good votes in. Um, yeah, you've had a look at the list, haven't you, Wade, of stuff that people have been sharing? Yeah, and some of, some of them I think uh, I did know about, and some of them are completely new to me. So I did know about the Photo Memo notebook uh, that Mike Padua released this year, uh, which seems to be picking up a, a few mentions in our Instagram list. And uh, then there's a couple of Kickstarters, uh, the Ondo Pinhole, the Intrepid 4x5, uh, those I have heard of, although clearly they're more in your territory in the terms of using them the, than in mine. Um, what I hadn't heard of actually is uh, an app, uh, a phone app, I believe, called Pinhole Assist, which has been mentioned by a couple of people. Is that one that you know about? 
No, it, it isn't. I've got a pinhole up on my phone, but I don't think it's the same one. So I, I need to look that one up. I think it's something we ought to at some point in the future investigate is useful apps for film photographers because that's um, there, there are a few out there. And I use a couple already, and I'm sure you do. So that that definitely thing for the future. But it, yeah, it was quite noticeable that uh, a few people all, all picked up on this one app. Um, yeah, that that was that was really cool. See, so I'd say uh, your initial attempts at making suggestion were were not the best. What was it you said you wanted to vote for this year, Aid? Well, look, I just opened the show by saying that I finished work for Christmas, okay? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I am in that post-finishing work state of bodily collapse, and certainly mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm struggling to string a sentence together. So I'm sure a loyal audience will forgive me for suggesting some things that were new to me this year, not necessarily just plain new. But, but I uh, did. But I did. My first choice was. I did say I'd love to pick the Holger. Okay, and the, I mean ballparking it to the best of your knowledge. When did the Holger come out? Early eighties, maybe. Okay, and if you were to pick one notable thing about the Holger that <laughs> did happen this year, what would that be? Would you say? Well, I think you pointed it out. You're quite well yourself. It's probably the discontinuation of the, the Holger. Discontinuation, <laughs> yes. So, best analog photography thing to be canned this year. I mean, unfortunately, that could absolutely be a category as well. Um, but it's too depressing a category. I don't think we want to make a list of all the films and things like that we've lost this year. So. Um, yeah it's great thank you again for everybody getting involved um i will be getting up hopefully all this week um this is famous last words but the next three categories which are to run back through them the best non-photography thing that you can use for photography of the year category Uh, i love that title how i'm going to fit that on one post i do not know try try having to tweet it (laughs) yeah that's very true good good luck with that you're gonna need to um yeah, that's not going to make for a snappy anagram either. Uh, the Sunny 16 camera of the year. And finally, best lomographic ploy of the year. I still know, we might have to think on that one because I'm not sure that's clear what that one is by the name of the, of the um, category, but we'll, we'll figure a way around it. Yeah, um, it'll be fine. So, Watch Instagram for that. Um, I don't know whether you've been able to tweet any of these out, eh? but maybe you can do. Uh, and also, if you don't use Instagram or Twitter, because I'm sure that there are people listening who don't use those social networks or indeed any social networks, and you would still like to have your say, please just drop us a line on email. Um, we're at sunny16podcast at gmail.com, and we would love to hear from you uh, because I know that we can be very focused on the social networks that we use because that's where we have the most interaction with people but it would be great to hear from anybody who isn't using those the silent uh, minority or majority or whatever you may be uh, drop us a line and let us know what what your feelings on any of those categories are but they will be going up over the next week and our plan is that the award show will happen it'll probably be our first show of the new year so that's what we're aiming for with that yeah cool thanks and just as a thought while we're on the um uh, the analog photography thing. I I know I got it wrong, but I did struggle a little bit because I thought, okay, well I we've done film of the year, and, and I you know I nominated my favourite film of the year, and then I thought, well we've got camera of the year, so other than film and cameras, I did struggle to think about new things that have been launched that were were just for analog photography. 
Well, I, can, I, I could understand your confusion if it wasn't for the fact that you are the co-creator of these awards and should know better. So to clarify, <laughs> so to clarify for, for any listeners who have yet to get involved, film of the year is not new film of the year. That can just be your favourite film of the year. And it doesn't matter how um, esoteric or expired or maybe it's something brand new or whatever it is. It's just whatever has been your favorite film this year um like i said it could be anything from instant film to 35 millimeter 110 lumographic film ilford anything and the comments thread under the picture on instagram has got such a broad swath of responses it's fantastic the new thing of the year is just that it's something that's related to analog photography that is newly out this year. So that's why there are films within that, things like the Japan Camerant film, the Fuji Instax monochrome, and the Burger film um, from France. But there's also other stuff. There's the cameras, there's the um, Leica Sofort, there's the Lomo Instant, there's um, the Ondu and you know various bits and pieces like that, as well as other just things like Mike's photo memo book. Um, there have been the new camera straps out from Kimmy Camera, which are as good for analog photographers as they are for film photographers. I mean, it's anything else. So um, the camera of the year is neither a new camera, nor indeed is it you good listeners, most of we love you, your favourite camera of the year. The Sunny 16 camera of the year is quite a specific category. Um which may just devolve into an argument between you and I, because that is the camera which best represents the Sunny 16 podcast for the last six months that we've been recording. Um, because there have been a few recurring favourites. Uh, your Holger, I think, certainly came up a lot. Um, Ronald Crump, the <laughs> large format camera that I picked up earlier in the year. He's got to be in the running, hasn't he? He absolutely has. He, I mean, he'll shout his way to the top if nothing else. Um <laughs> He'll, he'll probably get some help from the uh, Russian lamography cameras that I've been using. Um, <laughs> the uh, yes, there's a few things with that, so we'll, so we'll put a thing up for that. But um, that's probably we could definitely do with some help from people who've been listening for a while. But that might be a thing that we, you and I, just need to hash out. And the last category, the one which is perhaps a little unclear, is as we've titled it, best lomographic ploy of the year. Uh, if you don't know what that means, I completely sympathise. But essentially. By lomographic ploy, we mean it could be something like um, red scaling, using red scale film, or using light leaks or extreme flare, or just very soft focus lenses, um, or double exposures, or something that is um, a technique that can be used to improve your photos or make a silk purse perhaps out of a sow's ear um it's it is neither a negative nor a positive thing it's just which one do you think maybe it's what you see most of on your feeds or maybe it's the thing that's annoyed you most this year um it could be any number of things but it's the it's the lomographic ploy that you think of most when you think of lomography this year um i'll be interested to see what people come up with that because we you know we all use different tricks and techniques and yeah i like to see which ones is uh is either really grabbing people's attention or just sticking in their crawl this year okay all right there you go uh that clarifies it i will i i, I hereby challenge myself to try slightly harder <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah okay all right so there we go we've had a there, there is a lot of talk uh and a bit of an update uh around conversations on stuff uh the next thing on our running order i deliberately haven't googled uh because i i'm i'm slightly intrigued uh and if i get the pronunciation correct graham you would like to tell us about the thanatos archive that's right aid well what i was doing this evening as i quite often do these days is i was um just looking to see if there's any recent news that was related to film photography um any announcements anything like that and it's coming up to christmas so it's all pretty quiet on the western front but what i did find from last week was a couple of um newspaper articles on the thanatos archives i'm not sure why they suddenly popped up because i think they're a thing that's been extant for a while but this is this is the perfect pre-christmas discussion you're gonna love this because the thanatos archive is a large online collection of um photographs of dead children now I feel that that might need some clarification Great. because or some justification maybe <laughs> yeah, clarification no justification yes. Well, this is this is more interesting than than even that makes it sound. There was um, back in the very very early days of photography, so we're talking when daguerreotypes were popular. Um, this trend developed now at the time that daguerreotypes were around unfortunately so was fairly high infant mortality um i'm just looking at the um post on here now and it's listing the things that you were like to die from me including things like diphtheria typhus cholera so child death was unfortunately even more prevalent than it is now you know child mortality is always a terrible thing but it was a lot more prevalent then so what people would do was get these photographs taken of their children post-mortem. Um, now, if this sounds a little creepy, that's because it's really creepy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in a lot of these photos, they are... It's not like, oh, here's a picture of a dead child in the coffin or something. A lot of them, they're trying to pose them to make it look like they're sleeping or something like that. Because if you think about the time, um, the daguerreotype, even the daguerreotype, we you know the first, first real publicly available way of getting a photograph done was expensive and they were one-off things. So people were not doing these often. And so the likelihood was that a family wouldn't have a picture of their child. And so taking this photo, once there's going to be the only photographic record that they have of them um on the bright side one of the big problems with the daguerreotype is you have to sit really still because the exposure time was very long dead people are awfully good at sitting very still <laughs> um i don't know whether you've um googled it at all eh? there's a, a good metro article on it um i have they so have an instagram feed though Oh, they do. oh, please. What's the what is it just at the Thanatos archive? Uh, it's it, archive. So T H A N A T O S dot archive has 30,000 followers on Instagram. <laughs> it doesn't entirely surprise me. I said, I think it's been it's over in Seattle. Um, so I'm hoping actually, I don't know, if it, I don't know if it's a physical place you can go to and visit. Um, uh, but, but, but I'm just trying to read an extensive collection. Um, well, if it is 
uh, somewhere that Eric can visit for us and report back on, then I think <laughs> you ought to. Um, it sounds right up his alley, to be honest. Um, some of the more I mean, these pictures are an interesting historical thing. Um, with some of them, they try to make them look more lifelike by propping the eyes open or painting eyes onto the pictures. I open eyes afterwards. So, um, as I said, they can be a little bit creepy. And I've seen, I, it actually isn't the first time I've come across this thing. It wasn't completely new to me. Um, and I know that there have been instances where pictures have appeared where people have thought that the, there are these um, death photos where actually they were just people posing in a way that looks like it. But it's an interesting thing, and it went on for quite a while. And it wasn't really until um, the sort of end of the uh, 20th century, no, 19th century, yeah, it, it was all right. It was over by, before the end of the 20th century. <laughs> Um, it wasn't yeah, until Brexit. <laughs> wasn't until Brexit that we went. No, we're not doing this anymore. Um, that when things like the Kodak Brownie and um, the the cameras that followed that suddenly made photography open to the general public and made taking more pictures a possibility, so that people could actually take photographs of their children and record them growing up more in, in the precursor to the way that we do now. And so it, the the practice died out in the very early 1900s. But um, it's fascinating. I would absolutely suggest that people check it out um, because, yeah, it, it, I, I just find it fascinating. It's it's I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a sad thing or not, but it's definitely a thing. Um, and it's definitely a part of film photography's history that I thought uh, was worth looking at. And also you get to look up, you know, photographs of these amazing, beautiful daguerreotypes, which were an incredible thing in their own right. These lovely, sharp, one-of-a-kind images um, that were expensive to get done. And, you know, these were precious things to the people who got them made. And so, yeah. So now you know what it is, Aid. Eh? Does it fill you with festive cheer? Not hugely, no. <laughs> no. Um <laughs> Well done. Uh, thanks. I, I was really proud of myself when you I could, found you, that. Could you not have brought that up on Halloween or something? <laughs> you know, like, it, it just, it just... <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Unsettling Victorian portraits of dead children propped up to look alive is the headline in the Metro. I mean, I really feel like they're selling that with a bit of a bias to it, but um. Yeah, well, that's the metro for you, isn't it? Yeah. Free yeah. free newspapers need headlines to catch your eye, don't they? Okay, well, I'd say let's move move on then, shall we? With uh, you know, this is like um, or oh, for our British <laughs> listeners, this is going to be a bit like the one show where we just completely change gear and start smiling <laughs> again and and talk about that. For those that don't have the benefit of uh, being able to watch the one show. It's a kind of magazine news show, very lighthearted, goes out at 7 p.m. pretty much every weekday, I think. Uh, and uh, they have a, a reputation for being able to change gear very, very quickly indeed from something delightfully uh, uh, mundane and cheery to something that's incredibly tragic and back again all in the blink of an eye. <laughs> and all on live television. On the dead children. Stop mentioning it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Actually, there's just one last thing I want to share. For <laughs> no, this. don't. No, no, it's good. It's good. It's the last line in the um, 
in the Metro article, which I'm going to find. Uh, Nowadays, grief counsellors recommend bereaved parents do not take photos of children who have passed away. So, there you go. <laughs> Words to live by. We are recording this. Uh, this is the the episode that will go out just a few days before Christmas. Uh, and that means that a lot of our listeners, I'm guessing, are going to be on holidays and they might be spending time with their family or friends and stuff like that. So uh, what we thought we would talk about just briefly is what you're going to shoot over the holidays. So, Graham, have you yet given any thought to uh, what you're going to shoot, what film you're going to use, that kind of thing? I've given it some thought. I'm on a bit of a mission at the moment. Um, and it's certainly my mission for the first month of the next year is I want to try and empty all my cameras of film. Uh, I've heard I've, you say that before. I know, but it's it's a real problem in that some of them have just, I put film in and then I've taken one picture and then they sat there. So I don't want to fill up too many new cameras. That said, <laughs> I want to shoot some film this Christmas and a lot of the cameras that the film's in is not the best ones for christmas photography um what i would what really like one with bells on or something yeah tinsel around it <laughs> what i really would like to do kind of really top of my priority list is i want to get the bronica out and inspired by the likes of alex purcell who's now going under the name of grainy blur on instagram i want i've got a load of um ilford hp5 plus and I want to have a go at shooting that at ISO 1600 because I think that's going to be great. I'm spending time with family, my family and Sinead's family over Christmas and having a decently quick film uh, on that and those nice big negatives that I can get and just take pictures of the family. I know it's black and white is perhaps not the first choice for Christmas because there's so much colour around at Christmas. It's a bit of a shame not to get it. I don't know, it worked for Jimmy Stewart, didn't it? You know, in that famous movie of his. That's very true. That's very true. It did work for him well. I mean, I'm not sure that film is particularly cheery for the most part. Um, he did spend most of the film dead, didn't he? <laughs> did he? I, I, you know, it's been, I don't think I've ever seen that film. So I wasn't sure that he was dead or. You've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. It's, no. Uh, well, it, it, he comes back at the end. Sorry, spoiler alert. On. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't finish the film dead, uh, but it it. Uh, but he does spend quite a lot of the film dead. <laughs> Did anybody take a photograph of him? Um, no, I don't think so, because nobody uh, could see it. He was a ghost. Okay. Have you really never seen It's a Wonderful Life? I don't think I have. No, no. I, I'll try and remedy that this Christmas. I think you should. Okay, I've heard it's like the Christmas movie, so I, I mean... I don't understand how, because obviously Die Hard is the Christmas movie, but I will try and... Is it like Die I Hard? saw today... No, sorry, this is completely, no, this is completely random. I was uh, flicking through our Twitter feed earlier on, or Twitter in general, and I saw uh, a tweet that was just called, like, best Christmas decoration ever. And it was, like, um, if you imagine a Christmas decoration hanging off a... Uh, a Christmas tree and yeah it's just a little sort of cardboard cube that somebody has sprayed or painted silver mm. but inside this cube they've got a picture 
of Bruce Willis crawling through, you know, those metal air conditioning ducts that, that they crawl through in the movies. Yeah, yeah. And and they because they because they so this cube is is uh, it's not closed on all six faces. So there's at least one of them is is open and it's it's silver. And inside the cube is a picture of Bruce Willis crawling through a. <laughs> Crawling through um, an air conditioning duct. It does look like it was taken from one of the early diehards. It's a bit difficult to tell because it's just a youngish Bruce Willis wearing a vest, which could be pretty much any movie. It could be any of them, yeah. 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 Uh, Yippee Kaye. I mean, it is the best Christmas film ever. But I will try and watch It's a Wonderful Life. It's not too depressing, though, is it? It sounds quite depressing if he's dead through most of it. No, it's not. It's, it's, uh, it's not depressing at all. It's life affirming. And it's black and white, so that's going to make me feel better about wanting to shoot HP5. I believe um, they shot it on HP3. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I believe you. Um, yeah, I, I HP2? Couple... Oh, no, those were batteries, weren't they? But yeah. I, I ordered a couple of rolls of HP5 120 from Nick and Trick and then discovered I already had three rolls <laughs> at home anyway. So I'm well stocked. Um, so I want to use that. And... I think the other weapon in my arsenal is going to be something small and easy to use. Um, so I suspect that the Olympus Mewtwo will probably be my colour go-to for this Christmas because it's just perfect for going in your pocket. Um, I don't know what film I'm going to use in it. I would like to use the Kodak Vision film, but that stuff isn't um, uh, coded. It doesn't have the what's name codes on it. Um so that won't work with that oh, camera. Does that camera need the DX coding, does it? The DX coding, thank you, yeah. Um, yes, it does. So that won't work. So, I mean, I could, other alternatives, I could chuck it in the Minox, um, which is nice and pocketable. I have actually finished up the first roll of film from the LCA. So once I've tried that out, um, developed that this week, I can see what that's come out. But, yeah, I think it's going to be something big, like the, the um, Bronica, and something very small. Um, that's my plan. And colour in the small thing and, and the HP5 in the Bronica, which I'm really excited to have a go at because I've really been enjoying the results. I've seen it's not just um, Alex that I've seen shooting it. Um, I, there's another Instagram account um, whose name I'm forgetting at the moment. It's film photography forever or something like that. But I've been sharing results and they've been great. And I've, yeah really keen to give it a go yeah i think it's a good choice i think i think getting the uh shooting hp5 in 120 makes a lot more sense for me than shooting it in 35 mil i've uh if for me hp5 is just a bit too harsh on the grain and a bit too obvious on the grain for 35 mil but it, it that all smooths away when you when you use it uh, in at least a 645 so uh, mm. I think that's I think that's a good choice. Um, it's it's incredible how much it does. I mean, I I like HP five as thirty five millimeter for some subject matter, um, but not particularly for portraits because, as you said, it is quite grainy for that. But um, yeah, in in medium format, that's a different story. I I've got a couple of portraits of family members that I really love that are shot on HP five and. Uh, 1600 ISO that makes it an incredibly usable film because most of the time I'm going to be indoors it's going to be artificial light um it'd be nice to think that I'm going to get some time in my break over Christmas to get out and do some other more interesting photography but 
let's be realistic, time will disappear quickly. And, uh, you know, it's going to be shooting family for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Uh, that sounds good. Uh, so what do I, was I going to get at? Okay. So I, I mentioned last week or a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that I, uh, when the Cine Steel stuff first came out, I bought a couple of rolls of it uh, mm. and never used it. So uh, the thing, one of the things that I would like to do is I would like to shoot some cine still over the over the holidays and see where that can um, that can take me. Uh, I do want to to shoot more in Nebronica as well though. So uh, I've got some Delta thirty two hundred. I might have mm-hmm. a go at. Uh, always good for shooting indoors at Christmas. So uh, do you mind if I ask? You, so with the Delta 32, Delta thirty two hundred. Sorry, I'm just pouring myself some more vodka here. That's the clinking um, and the slurring. Um, with the Delta 3200, will you rate that at 3200 or would you? Because a lot of people say shoot it at 1600. It's not really 3200 speed film. Yeah, I, I've I've always shot it at box speed, either yeah. in 35 mil or 120. Uh, often I have sent it to Ilford to process and scan and uh that is something that they do of course very well being it's one of their own yeah. and uh i'm currently as you know uh having had a having had my one of my favorite labs close earlier this year uh i am now using uh the ag photo labs uh guys in birmingham uh as my standard photographic lab and uh i'm not sure if i've ever sent them any delta 3200 so I might, uh, but but when I shoot Ilford, uh, sending it to Ilford is just you, what you get back is just joyful. So it's uh, it's possible that I'll just send it to Ilford. Yeah, no, that sounds especially with photos that are important like Christmas stuff. It's you d- you don't want those to come out second rate in any way. Almost, I'm sure AG photo would be great, but if you've had good results in the past, then stick with what you know. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'd like, you know, definitely I want to shoot some more film because one of the things that's happened to me in the last few weeks is I've been going to a lot of school plays and and music concerts and things like that. So I've been taking uh, a digital camera for that because you've got to have something that's silent. Uh, It's nice to be able to capture a little bit of video at the press of a button when your kid's doing something clever. And uh, it's also a little bit (laughs) soul-destroying. (laughs) <laughs> because I've had to shoot too much digital and I don't you know and and whilst the camera is exactly the right camera for the job it doesn't you know it it is more at that point uh, a chore rather than a joy of photography so I definitely uh, want to to get out a few proper film cameras um because most of what I've been shooting uh in terms of film in the last few weeks has been Instax um, I will shoot some more monochrome. I'm just coming towards the end of my second pack of monochrome now, the Instax monochrome, and I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I, I've taken it's it's uh, another one that's really good at um, at night shots. So the the te- the ten second bulb mode in uh, when you're out in a city at night captures some some great shots, and uh, it's also pretty good for outside uh, out and about during the day. Uh, so that's um, yeah, I posted a few actually to our Flickr group uh over the last uh well, I, I don't know the last uh couple of weeks i guess um and uh or maybe i did them all in one go the other day no i think i actually posted them all in one go the other day so there's a few london at night shots that i posted uh which and i think i posted one just this evening actually to instagram 
just before we started recording um, of the Shard in London, uh, which has got a groovy little light show at the moment that it does from the top of the building. Uh, although that doesn't really come out so well on a 10 second exposure because it's, it's a bit too long and it gets a bit smudged. But there you go. Yeah, I, I'm actually just looking at the photos now. They're, they're really, yeah, they're cool. They're fun. I, I like what you're doing with that stuff. Um, and the thing is, yes, they, they've got motion blur because I don't know what you're using to hold it in one place, but I'm guessing it's the art of trying to hold it quite still or resting it on something. Yeah, resting um, it on a bridge parapet or a, a, you know, a, bit, a, a bit of street furniture or some kind, yeah. Yeah, but um, no, they've, they're interested, particularly that one of the shards. I like that. And I can see what you mean about the um, the light shows. You said, unfortunately, because the exposure is quite long, it's not kind of capturing it all as cleanly as you want. But um, yeah, it's interesting seeing what you're getting out of that Instax. I was reading a review that somebody, I think it was the Phoblographer, had made of the Instax monochrome. And um, with no disrespect to the Phoblographer, um, is that one person or is that a website where there is? I don't know anyway. It started off as one, but I think it's a collective now. Yeah. Um, most of the review seemed to centre more around the fact that none of the cameras that, that can shoot Instax film actually offer you any real control which we one we know that that's a problem. You know, it's something we've all experienced. But two doesn't really say much about the film. Um, uh, and particularly, I think he was wanting to shoot portraits with it, which is fine. And also pinhole. Um, it's like, well, okay, you are choosing some extremes here. But um, yeah, I like the results you got from those aids. That, that ten second bulb mode has really worked well for you with the stuff you're doing, both in the color and in the black and white. Yeah, it has actually. I've been quite surprised because you think of it 10 seconds, you think, well, what can I do with that? Um, it's either going to be massively too long or massively too short. But of course, it, yeah, there's not really a lot of difference between 7 seconds and 10 seconds. Uh, I'm pretty sure one I just counted to five. I thought, actually, no, it's, it's not quite pitch black around here. There's still some colour in the sky that I'd like to capture some gradation in the sky. So I just held down the bulb, bulb mode and counted to five. And I thought, well, that'll be a stop. That'll be a stop less, won't it? Yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah, so, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure it'll be a bit too bright, so I'll just I'll I'll just count a little bit less and and uh, and do a stop less and see what that. Given the fun you're having with these, uh, I know you like to travel light, but have you ever thought about taking your gorilla pod with you when you go around town? Because that would give you that bit more stability to do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're so lazy. Think it's of the muscles that, you I... could build up carrying these things around. It's, well, there's there's. There is. It doesn't wear. No, it really doesn't wear anything. The the gorilla pod. Um, it's just that I find that the gorilla pod is is interesting. It's it can be useful, but it's it, but it's it's less useful in a city, I think, than it could be in the countryside where you could wrap it round a tree. I think. Yeah. You know, the, the thing is, if you try and wrap it round a lamppost, mm. um, often it will just slide. <laughs> Oh right, right. Um, it, it's it's all right. Yeah, you know, don't get me wrong. It's all right, but it's not necessarily the you know the the be all and end all. Um, mm. uh, so you need to have something that's got a bit of grippiness. Uh, yeah. To to bend it around, but that's okay. Yeah, you know, I and that and actually, I kind of like the mo- movement in it. Um, yeah, it's nice, but I think you kind of like it because it's easier than not getting the movement out of the photographs. I think you definitely ought to, at least even just for one day, try and see if you can get some minus the movement. Because I really like the look you're getting, but it'd be interesting to see how it looks when it's um, static. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Maybe I will do that then. Uh, it'll have to be after the holidays now, though. 
or maybe I'll go out and do something more locally rather than around London. Um, the, yeah. the things that you the the, the buildings with the lights in are, are less interesting, to be fair, where I live, <laughs> than the buildings in London. <laughs> has your local town um, got any nice Christmas lights or anything like that going on? Just yeah, a little bit, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I've been told that my local town has. I really ought to go and investigate. <laughs> that sounds of somebody who definitely isn't going to go and investigate saying that, but uh, <laughs> but I really ought to. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, maybe I should. Yeah. Maybe I should. I. I. Uh, uh, at the moment, I just seem to want to, to uh, stay in. Although I think I'm out tomorrow night. I'm out on Tuesday night, and I'm not sure if I'm going out on Wednesday night or not. But there you go. Party animal. So anyway, well, getting... sadly not, but uh, just other things <laughs> going on. Getting us back on track. So you saying you're going to um, shoot the Sydney still? Yeah, I think so. It... So that'll give me my indoor color film. So you're going to just run that through your Nikon? Nikon? Oh, I yeah. still get that wrong. Yeah, I said yes. Uh, they are my favourite 35 mil cameras. They're the only ones I have that have any level of control, really, as well. So. Yeah, yeah. And the Delta 3200, is that going to go through the Bronny or through the Holger? I did think about the Holger. I did think about the Holger. Um, that... Uh, I, I'm trying to figure out, and I need to, I need to sort of turn the lights down in the house and and take some light readings and figure out yeah. if I could actually get anything sensitive, sensible out of it, even at thirty two hundred, because I got a feeling, um, yeah, if you're sitting in a, a fairly subdued living room and there's there's some Christmas lights on, you want to capture that and stuff like that. I got a feeling you're going to be, yeah, what's uh, the Holger's what hundredth of a second, give or take. Yeah, uh, I got a feeling I'm going to need around f four or something like that, even at thirty two hundred to 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 make that work, or even f two. Um, I don't think I'll get away with the f eight on Holger, but I'll I'll take some lighting measurements before I decide which camera. I think. Yeah, yeah, seems sensible. Seems like a good plan. And have you? I know you said you just about finished up this pack of um, monochrome. Do you have some more Instax film ready to go for Christmas? Oh yeah, a ton of it. Uh, <laughs> I, I've got one more monochrome because I bought three packs when I when I pre-ordered it, and I've got half a dozen packs of the color, um, which uh, is is less is less fun, quite frankly, uh, than the black and white to shoot in the camera. But it's it, good for Christmas, though, isn't it? Yeah, it would be good for Christmas. Yes. I've so. I've bought a pack to give to my um, partner because I bought her an Instax camera last Christmas. Ah, cool. Uh, one little Instax mini, so I've got another pack of film for her for that. And I think um, one of my nieces is also getting an Instax camera this Christmas. So I've got a pack of film for that as well. They're, they're good fun. Good fun cameras, those things. No getting away from it. Yeah, I think what I might do is is uh, set up a, a speed light and an umbrella and all that sort of stuff, put it in optical slave mode and then shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and use the little tiny flash on the uh, on the camera to trigger something a bit more creative. It's the, the, the difficult thing with um, shooting over Christmas is that you can take a lot of photos, but um, you can then just end up with a lot of photos that you never do anything with. So to actually get photos that are of good enough standout quality that you then want to print and put somewhere uh yeah it's, it's always the tough thing i know in the past both on film and using digital beforehand taking loads of pictures of the kids opening presents and stuff like that and you, you're never going to do anything with those pictures so actually trying to set up to get really nice pictures 
when nobody's really in the mood for having their photograph taken, um, it, it can be a tricky thing. Uh, but yeah. you're absolutely right. Um, but what the hell? <laughs> it's Christmas. I'll take photos exactly. anyway. So yeah, no, it it's, us out, yeah and uh, yes, yes. Have we talked about on the show yet uh, the new Google photo scanning app? Have we talked no, about I'm not familiar with this. No? All right. Okay, so where did I get this from? Somebody tipped me off on this the other day. So this is there's a new app, at least for iPhone, and it's called Photoscan. Okay, and it's from Google. Uh, and it's um, what it does is it allows you to scan a real photo, even a glossy one, without having any reflected lights in it. Oh, that sounds exceedingly useful. It is, How? and it's not bad actually. I've tried it on the Instaxes, and it's not bad. So this is just using your phone on your um, your camera on your phone. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So what you do is you you, know, you put your photo down on a on a surface somewhere, and then you take a, a photo of it as you know, sort of as square as you possibly can. And then in the uh, in the interface on the app itself, it says you know take the dot from the middle. Yeah, you, know, you have to scan. You have to then take four more photos, and mm -hmm. it shows you how to position on the on the screen four more photos, which are essentially of the corn the four corners of the of the image. So you've taken yeah. five photos. You've taken one where it's sort of you know front and center, and then you've taken four which represent the four corners of the photo. And yeah. because you're moving your point of view around uh what it can do then is it can stitch together a version of the photo from the five that you've taken you stitch together a version of your print without mm. any glossy reflections in it oh that's great that's a really good idea i having as somebody who has uh attempted to and got frustrated with taking pictures of prints i've had done before now um yeah that sounds fantastic actually yeah, i'm sure it must out. be on android if it's a google product and it is not on android just on iphone something has gone very wrong somewhere <laughs> yeah, i bet you're right yeah so so no have a have a look at that it's just called photo scan at least it is on my phone and uh, I was really quite impressed with it. And and especially if you're going to have Instax cameras around over the holidays, because you're not going to be ca carrying your scanner to your mum's house. No, no, nothing but rock band guitars going to my mum's house. <laughs> so if you if if so so if you want to shoot instax and you want to give the instax away to people because that's the nice thing to do with it isn't it mm. yeah, that that's the kind of photograph it really is you could still have if you take a particularly good one you can still just buy, say oh can i borrow that for five minutes before you or, or not even five minutes for 30 seconds before you take it away and uh just take a quick few snaps of it it'll stitch you together it and you don't have to worry about it being in particularly good light or you know or or anything like that because the software takes care of it so what's that called again aid it's just called photo scan i tell you what let me let me look it up on the uh the ios app store as we are doing this live it's great radio this isn't it so dum de dum de dum de dum de dum so that'd be quite good for taking pictures because i i actually finished off i saw through to the end well kind of to the end my mission to make christmas cards this week um i don't know whether you saw the picture i shared up on instagram aid but i did actually I get did, yeah yeah um cool. that that was <laughs> that was a lot of work for a minimal result at the end um but it was quite good fun. I enjoyed doing it, which is why we do any of this stuff. Um, but uh, yes, that's the, the weird thing is the toughest part of that was trying to get the, 
paper cut to the right size in the dark room. Even using a guillotine, it was a pain in the neck. So, never mind. Well, well done for persevering. Now, and I'm sure your clients would be uh, perfectly um, grateful. Yeah, I've still got some more of them to do actually, because I, I, I haven't quite got my head around developing and yeah, well developing multiple pictures at the same time in the tank so i was just doing them one at the time and uh i ran out of time so i've still got a couple more i need to do but it's oh. all good fun I, I also need to print one off so i can send it off to the guys in the states because some of them have sent me their addresses so i promise to send them a card it's gonna be a happy new year card at this point <laughs> oh, happy christmas card well you know it's it's uh it's more friendly than wrapping an invoice around a brick and throwing it through their window isn't it that's very true although there's a couple of them who might get that though <laughs> okay i have now looked thank you for thank you for the filler i have now looked up on the app store so this is the ios app store and the app to give it its full title is photo scan all as one word no space and then there's a hyphen and it says scanner by google photos and the the app developer is listed as google inc Sounds good to me. I think that's a really useful one for this Christmas because, as I said, I bought a lot of Instax film for people, so it'd be nice to be able to save some of those photos. Yeah, excellent. All right, well, good to know. Right, we are going to take a short break and then we're going to commit to something rash. <laughs> going to commit to having a rash. So yeah, something rash, hmm. something that is slightly bothering me still, and uh, I guess anybody who listens to the podcast regularly can pre- pretty much figure out what this is, uh, because for me, my project, and these projects start very, very soon indeed, uh, my, my six-month longer-term project that we've discussed several times is to take portraits, not particularly daunting in and of itself i do like to take a good portrait uh, and occasionally i actually get one right Uh, what i do add to the mix though this time is taking portraits of strangers so to recap uh, this is inspired by a radio 4 a bbc radio 4 program called chain reaction Uh, and i've tweaked it slightly but what happens is uh, is that my project is going to start off with uh, two or three people that i actually know and i'm asking them to introduce me to somebody that i don't know who would be prepared to have their portrait taken by me Uh, and then they would introduce me to somebody else and they would introduce me to somebody else so you end up with a a chain of portraits of of complete strangers Um, slightly daunting uh but something that I'm going to commit to. Graham, tell me, uh, or tell everybody, uh, again, what is your project? Okay, so my project, because um, the reason we're talking about this now in particular, I, mean, I know I've mentioned it the last couple of weeks, is because the winter solstice is, remind me again what the date is, Aid? <laughs> it's the 21st of December. 21st December. So that's when this officially kicks off. We've talked a lot about it in sort of the preamble, but um, there, that's when actually the rubber hits the road. And my project is that uh, as a very short-sighted person, I would like to try and present images that reflect the world that I see as a very short-sighted person. And more than that, really, try approaching my photography without my glasses 
So try approaching photography where I can only see the world in a um, indistinct haze, for want of a better phrase, uh, and see if that changes the way that I'm composing pictures and see how that affects what I'm shooting and in either a positive or a negative way. Um, and so the, the main elements of that are obviously, one, getting out there and shooting without my glasses, uh, which may just involve me becoming roadkill very early on in this project. <laughs> and and also um, what I've been working on for the last couple of weeks in preamble to this is trying to come up with a um, equipment solution to then sharing the pictures in a way that as I don't know whether it directly shows things as the way I'm asked, but it can never show things exactly the way that I see them, but kind of gives that kind of look to them. So yeah, that's my project. Um, but what we, we talked about this before the show and what we wanted to do as uh, this is the sort of the last show before the, the solstice starts is we actually, we're going to commit to what we're going to have done by the end of the six months. That's what the point of this conversation is. So we can actually commit to something. Um, and uh, eight, we know what your project is what are you aiming to have to show for it by the end of the six months by the summer solstice so i have set myself an a, a minimum uh, a minimum number uh, of portraits concluded or conducted or or introduced in this manner uh, and I've said that fairly low, I think, but I, I'm mindful of logistics and the fact that some people might be proposed uh, and then may uh, actually uh, they may confirm that they're, they're not willing to have their photo taken by a complete <laughs> stranger. So it may well be that there's some dead ends uh, which, which could uh, impact the number I could achieve. But that's why I want to start off with uh, several chains uh, or the potential for several chains. Uh, rather than just one because if one chain drops then you're a bit stuffed really aren't you for a period of time mm. until you can pick up another one but if I can start with two or three then that would uh, that that would help but at the moment I've set it very low and I've said that at the end of six months I would like to have uh, six portraits that I that I am proud of so I, I expect to take more than six but I, I, I'd like to distill it down into almost a minimum a minimum uh, not a minimum, uh, a minimal group uh, that uh, that reflects the best that I've been able to achieve. And um, do you? What do you plan to do with these? Are these going to be? Where are you going to share them? What's going to be? Are these going to be six printed portraits that you can have on your wall? Are these going to be something that you share on social media? Where? What? What's going to be the output for these? Well, it is my expectation that I will share them on social media, but that's not the that's not the medium I'm aiming for. Uh, the medium I'm aiming for is print. Um, yeah. So these will be, uh, as previously discussed, I think I'm going to go with black and white, thirty-five mil uh with artificial light uh so you know and and they were they may well be sort of head and shoulders you know a fairly plain background um but i did also say i'd like to take some more something of a more environmental portrait as well so so i'm sort of aiming for two portraits of this of each subject yeah um i've done many years ago in an entirely digital uh format i did a uh, I did a, a Christmas holiday project called 
uh, I can't remember the, I think it was just, I just called it Christmas mug shots and the idea was I set up some reasonably flat artificial lighting and everybody had to have their mug shot taken uh, holding one of their Christmas presents and I and I put them together into uh, is it called a collage when they're all sitting side by side neck nicely and there's about eight of them or is that a, a mo- uh, I don't know it, they certainly didn't overlap but they're like it's a montage a, yeah. is it a montage <laughs> maybe it was a, so there was a series anyway and I printed them out all you know um, all as one as it were uh, and so I had I think in the end eight of these Christmas mug shots with people holding up looking looking like they hadn't been enjoying themselves uh, much but with a with a Christmas paper hat on and uh, holding <laughs> up a I present this. Uh, so so it may well be uh, I mean I'm not looking to that that's not a, a gimmick that I am going to employ this is about people and what about you know it's the, the kind of photo I take will be partly uh, based around the people I meet and uh, and what strikes us as, as the right thing at the time, uh, but I can imagine that I'd like to print them out in a way that they could be consumed as a as a package, if that makes sense. So so less about pages in the book where you only see one at a time, and more about yeah. something you can say, okay, there's there's you know eight eight postcards lined up on the wall beside each other or something like that. That sounds good. So what we would hope is that let, let's say that by the by the summer solstice we will be able to have to at least share with people is a picture of these prints maybe on a wall or laid out somewhere so that um so that people actually see them so that's what you're aiming for to have done is to get get nice quality prints done of these pictures and um yeah either that or i'm going to you know do my own show in london somewhere yeah, I mean, either that's the stretch pieces. goal. That's got to be the stretch goal, hasn't it? Oh, that, that's always got to be the stretch goal, always. Um, for my part, and I've been thinking about this because it's—I don't necessarily think that prints are the way forward. It's so hard to know because I—I I really don't know at this point whether what is going to come out of this is going to be utter garbage or not. I mean, it's going to be a learning curve, if nothing else, but I don't know whether it's going to be a garbage learning curve. So what my aim is over the next six months, um, I am going to aim to shoot one roll of film a month, which is a lot for me. It is a lot for you. (laughs) But but what I'm thinking, my thinking behind this is that by changing my perspective as drastically as I am by taking off my glasses, which it's hard to explain how that changes the way you see the world to somebody who doesn't wear glasses because they're very short-sighted, but it really does. And so I, I expect to find myself taking pictures that I would never normally take because I just look at them and go, no, that's going to be a garbage picture. So there's going to be a lot of rubbish pictures. But So I want to take a picture a month. A roll um, a month. A roll a month, sorry, a roll a month. And I think the way that I'm going to... The, the output for this is I think that I'm going to start up an Instagram feed specifically for this. Boy, am I making myself frontline accountable mm, for this. Aren't yeah. I? Because this is um, obviously once I've done this, I will announce uh, what the name of the Instagram account is. Or I won't, and it will be a secret and no one will ever know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I want to do. Having trials i've been shooting i took some more pictures today actually with the zenit 
and the 28 millimeter lens um and i've nearly finished that roll now i actually hope to just blam through that in this next week so just they're not gonna be good pictures from it, but i just want to see what the results are like to see if they'll fit with my vision um and if the lens is working okay i think i'll just pair it back up again with my uh fuji sd605 because that's a nice small pleasant to use camera um and that will be fine and then it's you know it's the kind of camera that i also won't worry about taking out whatever the weather it's a good do it all camera in fact not only that i know that my beloved mother recently got given a couple of cameras she got given a fuji sd605 and an olympus uh, om10 and i recommended that she keep and use the om10 because that's a great camera and also is reasonably well automated um and so she's going to give me the st605 so i'm going to have a spare one of those which is good because i really like those um so that's the plan um the from my experiments the last week the 28 millimeter lens is definitely working far better as a view so yes come january there will be a new instagram feed and i will start shooting film i'm not sure what film i'm going to shoot yet um I saw some really interesting posts recently about developing the Agfa um, Agfa Color 200 that we talked about, the, the Poundland film, in black and white, and some people getting some really quite nice results from that. So I might try that, but I don't know. I'm not sure whether they're going to go with color or black and white yet, but that might be a bit of a test pattern. But yeah, that's what I made me for. So we got quite different, quite different targets in ahead of us, really. Well, we do, don't we? It's interesting, actually. I, I would, um, you know, I, I'm thinking about if I'm going to create a uh, a single, low volume, hopefully coherent body of work here. Uh, I, I've been thinking about consistency in the way I approach it, uh, and yeah, so so that there'll be a a visual consistency in what I produce in in some way. At least that's what that's what I'm hoping. Uh, the of course you're going to go on quite an accelerated learning journey, aren't you? I can oh, imagine. Yes. I can imagine you're going to 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 change. Actually, I can imagine the, the the stuff you shoot at the beginning of that period is going to be significantly different from the stuff at the end. I mean, we're talking about well, uh, you uh, if you use the Poundland, I get film. That's twenty four exposure exposures, isn't it? Explosions. Yes, we really ex- like the explosions on this. <laughs> <laughs> really must buy a better pop screen for my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> or stop drinking during recordings. <laughs> no, it's Christmas. Uh so the you you're we're talking about the thick end of 150 shots here. <laughs> don't don't say that you'll scare me. Uh even if you only use 24 shot rolls. Yeah. So my advice to you is only use 24 shot rolls because that's that's quite a, an effort. Um, yeah to do it without having you know to do it without taking six photos of more or less the same thing on a walk one saturday you know is 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 quite tricky um so i would say yeah that i i would expect you to to i would expect to see uh almost a journey that sounds it's a terrible word to use isn't it i was going to say a sort of a, a, a journey of maturity but that's an even worse phrase to use but, and less likely one to be true. 
Well, you know, you, you, you've ne- you've never tried shooting at pace, have you? It no. May, it, you know, so so you don't know what's going to happen when you start shooting at uh, a reasonable volume. No, no, I don't. I mean, I think the Agrofilm is going to be the one I go for. Not not just because it's twenty four exposures, and obviously not just because it's cheap, but also um, both of which help, though they they really do help. Um, and I have quite a few rolls tucked away in the fridge anyway, but also. This isn't the kind of project where I'm looking for um, you know, good, sharp, punchy output um, because that's that's not going to happen. Um, I'm not even you know there's, there's so many variables. The lens being messed up because I've taken elements out of it. The focusing being messed up because I'm going to be you know just kind of almost leaving it where it is on the focusing regardless of how far away it is maybe nudging it vaguely in the right direction there's there's so many things that are going to affect the um i suppose definitive quality of the image that it, it is all going to be about the shapes within it and yeah i think you're absolutely right aid that i will i'll hopefully learn some useful lessons from this role that i've shot through the zenit as a tester that i can take forward going from that but um Yes, hopefully as the months progress, I'll I'll see what works and what doesn't work, and can go from there. And if need be, you know, tweak it, what I'm doing a little bit. And well, I think that would be a good thing. I mean, yeah, I think to to tweak it based upon what you learn as you go along, I think is is probably an important part of that particular project. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I certainly won't be sharing every picture I take. That everyone can be comfortable and. <laughs> Rest assured, in that it will be a selective few picks from um, each roll of film. So you it should won't set be the... yourself a minimum, no, because there's no point in you saying, "Oh, well, here's three shots from a roll of 24." <laughs> you know, you don't want an Instagram stream which, at the end of the six months, has five shots in it. Okay, that's a good point. Okay, well, I suppose uh, yeah. Okay, well, what do you think I should set as the minimum? Well, well okay. So, I mean, we, without you know taking the piss, actually trying to answer that in a sensible way. Um, I mean, you're. It, this is about volume and speed in some ways, mm. isn't it? So, I mm-hmm. think you should be sharing a good proportion of them, uh, because that you know uh, that's what's going to give the, the if the output is to show the evolution. In some ways, uh, yeah. then then you need to have sufficient output to show the evolution. Otherwise, it's just going to be a few random bits here and there. So yeah. I would say that, um, well, uh, well, let's say, let, let, let's say you should aim for sharing 14 out of every 24. So then there's okay. 10 you can cull. Okay. Okay, I will, I will, I will commit to that. No, because uh, then at the end of that, so the, that six months, what six fours are twenty four plus six, about eighty four shots. So, yeah. yeah, I mean that 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 is a body of work that is sufficient to to show a, a an evolution. Yes. Yeah. I okay. I will. I will. So that's okay. Um, well, you know where I am, guys. If you want to nag at me for not doing this, but I I will hereby commit to sharing. Ten, 10 shots a month out of the 24 <clears throat> 14 shots a month I think you just agreed to <laughs> nice try 14 shots a month 14 shots a month yes and we'll yep. give you we'll give you a little bit of a lead time 
because to take that if if you're going to share 14 shots a month and you're going to develop them yourself you're obviously not going to be posting them until somewhere near the end of the month are you that's so, true that's so true. we're not going to be looking and giving you a load of hassle on the 3rd of january no good well what i'll probably do is one when i've got the instagram account started i might share a few pictures that i've taken from this test roll with the zenit because even though that was a test roll i did actually um go around and shoot that without you know i, I put my glasses in my pocket and that it was mostly around one of the gardens that i work in um but it'll kind of you know we'll, we'll see how things go from there but yeah i might share a few of those um that's good I, but for the avoidance of doubt that doesn't count towards your target okay thanks for clarifying <laughs> You're most welcome. <laughs> All of a sudden, your six pictures over a six-month period seems like a very easy bar to hit. Hey, I'll Devil's swap you if you like. No, it's all right. I'm good, thanks. Um, of course, it's not just us that are doing this aid, is it? And, and I, I feel, we only really talked about this just before we got on recorded, but there's somebody else we should have checked in with, and I'm actually going to try and catch up with. Uh, at least over messaging to check that he hasn't forgotten about this and that's dave um because dave has also committed to this six-month project in the most laid-back dave way possible uh, do you remember what his project was aid uh making pots <laughs> i don't know <laughs> no that's what he's doing a, a uh, dave's project is he is going to set up some beer can pinhole cameras oh that was right yeah and use them to capture six month long exposures of the sun tracking over the sky so i will absolutely nag him about that because i haven't uh, spoken to him in the last week or so and, just and well sure. done for thinking of the ploy of catching up with him offline <laughs> hi <Yeah>. dave <laughs> you know we, he's gonna have to come back on soon we absolutely we've, we've been too long without absolute chaos on the podcast we need to have him back soon get <laughs> coming to that time your your editing has got far too easy of late yeah fair point okay now i'd forget yes yeah, so dave and uh hey yeah it'd be great to have other people come join us um uh, maybe we should put out uh, a tweet or two and uh, uh, an Instagram post or two just to, to uh, gather people around and see who's uh, see who's up for this because it'd be great to have as many participants as possible. Yeah, we were talking before the show. I I feel terrible because I have not only seen but also liked and commented on somebody else who has got a project set up this week, and I was convinced um, that it was. Uh, at Derek J photo but I cannot find that picture so it may have been somebody else or maybe I'm just being an idiot but I know somebody else has got themselves geared up to do a photo project this week um and I can't remember who it was so uh, please kick me over the butt and remind me who it is again um but yes anybody else who's got some ideas and I'm hoping I haven't managed to nail anything down yet but I'm hoping that maybe in the new year we can actually talk to some people who have undertaken photo projects to get an idea from them about what the challenges they found were and um and what they got out from it because photo projects can be difficult things to see through um actually this is sort of a kind of tie-in here between somebody who you were thinking of getting involved with your project and somebody who is in some ways a real anchor around another project that's going because one of the people you were thinking that might be able to help you get your project started was um Colin Miller, who's uh, at CD Miller Photos on Instagram, I think, who we'd hoped to have as a guest last week, but unfortunately he's just too busy with his um, photographic work at the time, which is a very good excuse. Um, so he couldn't join us. Um, but he 
works quite locally to you, doesn't he, Aid? Uh, yeah, I mean, he only lives uh, 25 miles away, 30 miles away, something like that. So although he and I have never met. So, uh, yes, he is. Um, there, there are a number of people who are uh, friends of ours on the Internet uh, who I have considered uh, asking politely or hitting up i suppose uh to, to help give me a kickstart in this project uh i think in some ways as i said it's going to be a numbers game uh and so you know i think there's a there's a a few people that might find themselves on the receiving end of a message from me in the not too distant future but uh, ironically um because it's also a great example of what can go wrong with the project because we have a project at the pixelated photographer podcast ongoing and at this point i think it's been ongoing for two years um and this is the around the world in 70 dude 72 days um or 72 shots project and what this was i bought uh an olympus pen ee3 half frame 35 millimeter camera so for anybody who's never come across these before they are exactly what they sound like it's a camera which takes 35 millimeter film but gets two shots out of each frame where you normally get one. So um, they come out portrait rather than in landscape format, as is the normal case with the 35mm film. And out of a roll of 36 exposures, you get 72 pictures, which is a lot of pictures. So I thought, well, this is this is a good idea. I got together a group of us on the Pixelated Photographer forums and said, guys, give me your address. We're going to send this camera on a round-the-world journey. Um, it's going to be great. We'll buzz it around. Everyone will take five or six pictures and pass it on to the next person. And uh, it got through the first couple of people quite well. And then it bumped into Liam. And it spent quite a long time with Liam. God bless him. But then finally, Liam hoisted it on its merry way. And it got through another couple of people and got to Cole. And it's been with Cole for a very, very long time. Now, all Colin has to do is take five photos with this camera and post it. That That's literally all he has to do. And yet somehow this has escaped his abilities for at this point, I think it's about six months. It might be slightly longer. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a 26 months. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, even relatively straightforward projects can hit stumbling blocks. Um, but uh, yeah, I did say to Cole that as he'd not managed to turn up for the podcast, I was going to throw him under the bus. This is the sound oh, did of the you? Bus oh, fair enough then. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. Hang on a minute. I was thinking. I've just said I'm going to ask this guy for a favour, and you're just sitting there slagging him off now. Yeah. So anybody who can, um, anybody listening to this podcast, who's on Instagram, please just um, hit up CD with the photos. Uh, you know, say, come on, post that camera on Cole. Come, on, just post it. You can do it. You can do it. It is ah. amazing how tricky things like that can be because that very same camera did sit on the shelf in my study for quite some months. <laughs> well, not as many months. No, though, I, I, I had it for about three months in total, I think. <laughs> Five photos. That's all it's ever needed. Five photos. Oh, uh, well. Onwards and upwards, or not, as the case may be. Projects are easy to start hard to finish yeah very good advice there very wise very wise okay so and on that note uh i think we'll take a quick break and then uh then we'll shout at some people <laughs> Thank you.
good news, everyone. It is that time in the show where we shout out a few people. Uh, this time, this week, just to be a little bit different, uh, we've pulled out a few uh, that are about opportunities and reading as much as they are about uh, photography uh feeds that we follow uh, and imagery the first one i would like to draw your attention to is uh dark room workshops <clears throat> excuse me so you've probably heard me in the past in fact even on this show maybe uh talking about ag photo labs in the midlands uh who i typically send my negatives to for processing uh they actually have now opened a dark room and they are running in 2017 uh, some darkroom workshops uh, in January and in February are the dates that they've got uh, at the moment they're looking at. So for those of you, or I suppose I should say for those of us, because I've never done this either, uh, for those of us who would like to learn how to operate in a darkroom, uh, it might be that we should give these guys a call. We will put the link in the show notes. The place itself, as I say, is in the West Country, specifically in Birmingham. And uh, who knows, uh, if I actually get to do this, uh, maybe I'll bump into some of our listeners there. Well, have you ever been on a, a darkroom workshop or training course of any kind, Graham? No, I haven't. It's something I would really like to do because darkroom work is one of those things that it's actually really easy to get started in far easier than I anticipated it being before I actually started. Um, but there's so much stuff to learn to be good at it um, that it would be fantastic to have an opportunity to go and spend some time with somebody and have some lessons. Um, because, yes, like I said, it's one of those things that I would really recommend anybody have a go at. That was really heartening actually to see this week that um, – Ian, our friend, uh, who is uh, at inky underscore photo, I think, on Instagram, um, up in Scotland, has finally got around to getting his darkroom set up again because um, he makes some fantastic black and white prints. And he is somebody who is very experienced in it. Um, as I said, conversely, I... I can do the very basic stuff. I can make a print in the darkroom and things like dodging and burning and all of that stuff are really skills I haven't developed yet. And yes, so the fact that AG Photo are putting on a course is very tempting and Birmingham's not that far away either. So I will certainly be looking into that. Uh, yeah, I forgot. I hadn't thought about that, actually. It's not too much of a distance for you, is it? You could easily uh, pop down or yeah. up, I suppose, rather than Yeah. <laughs> okay right so the second shout out uh, that i have uh, for this week is actually a twitter feed now this isn't about film photography but it is about imagery and it's something that gives me pause for thought so there are there are a lot of twitter feeds that uh, curate or collate imagery uh, this one is called Brilliant Ads, at Brilliant underscore ads. Now, the reason I'd pick this one out is that uh, often they pick out advertising campaigns that have an element of a social uh, uh, a social message to them. So uh, at the very top of their feed as we record this is uh, some imagery from uh, a campaign against landmines uh, where they've used ketchup sachets well sorry the 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 artist has used ketchup sachets uh, and when you when you rip the sachet uh, it actually rips over the the uh, the picture of a, a soldier's leg um which is sort of quite 
disturbing in some ways. Uh, they also do a lot of uh, anti-drink and drive uh, campaigns as well, which they highlight on their feed, which is, of course, uh, at Christmas in the UK, a very topical thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I would say uh, check out Brilliant underscore ads on Twitter and uh, you'll see some, some occasionally some thought-provoking stuff there. Uh, Graham, how about one from you? I have got a couple this week, um, both from our uh, Instagram um, acquaintances. Um, and these are both just a couple of people, a couple of ladies who whose work uh, I enjoy for different reasons. Um, the first one I want to give a shout out to is Rachel at, and I have now uh, managed to lose um, <laughs> the thread, but it's Rachel at Little Vintage Photo one uk i think is the correct uh, account for that is that what i told you earlier aid just Sounds. i think i'm just looking at yes uh, so all as one word little vintage photography one uk um i really like what rachel's doing it she doesn't share actually much in the way of um photography as we think about with instagram of people out with vintage cameras what she's actually doing is that she's out there she does some wedding photography that she does using analog cameras as well as digital cameras. She also has this really cool little caravan uh, called Rosie that she takes around and does events and goes to school and stuff with and gets kids in there doing darkroom stuff like making cyanotypes and all sorts of fun things like that. And the caravan itself is a camera obscura so they can go in there and see how a camera obscura works. Um, and I just think it's awesome what she's doing. She's made this business for herself um and she's out there just bringing these analog delights to the world and to children in particular um so check out her feed her website is um uh littlevintagephotography.co.uk and it's all on about there about her and about rosie and about the stuff that she's doing and it's it's just worth a look she's somebody doing something really fun and interesting and really different as well and i think she's based up in the northwest of england and if you find yourself in that area and you want to get an event sorted or you have a wedding and you want someone to come and shoot some stuff then um give her a shout because yeah I, I really like what she's doing the other person i want to give a shout out to is um an instagram account at 24 feet uh and this is sarah gates um i love what she's written in her profile because it just says cameras and chihuahuas if you plan to follow then unfollow just cough right now you might need the polaroid effect for that um and you can find her photography at uh, Um And she's got a really nice mixture of photos on there. I really like Sarah's work. Um, she's got some nice Instagram stuff on there. She's shooting with the Instagram mono. Uh, lots of pictures of her little chihuahua, as you can imagine. Um, also, just some really nice uh, outdoorsy stuff. Lots of nice macro stuff of seed heads, which I am always a sucker for. Some lovely leaf shots. A, a, a real mixture of stuff. Um she has quite a um, sort of strong graphical eye to her images. Um, so there's lots of pictures of um, natural elements combined with, um, she's got like pictures of sea pods and hearts and, and all sorts of stuff. It's a real mixture of stuff, but yeah, I just like her feed. It's an interesting mixture of stuff and I, and I like her style. Some nice portraits on there, all sorts of good stuff. So check that out at 24 feet on the Instagram um, or www.24feetphotography.smugmug.com. Okay. 
pretty good stuff there actually two interesting feeds so i've got a couple more uh actually maybe only one more to tell you the truth uh this is about a, a reading thing so this is uh i guess you should call it a blog <laughs> plain and simple from a professional photographer that i have been reading now for well for some years i think uh and it's um it's always it, it's, a, it's a blog where the author seems to, to sort of cut through some of the, the, the crap that you read in other blogs. So it's, um, <laughs> it's an interesting choice of medium for doing that. But this is, some, uh, this is a chap called Kirk Tuck, uh, who is a photographer and writer, although professionally he's pretty much a photographer and, and videographer. Uh, and he's based out of Austin, Texas. And he tends to write uh, blog posts that are... Um, yeah, sort of, as I say, sort of cut through stuff. Uh, one that caught my eye today actually was um, uh, a, a blog post called uh, Many Photographers Are Torn Between Spending on One Camera or Another. My decisions generally boil down to new camera or new light. And uh, I, I resonate with this, of course, because this is all about actually when you've got a bit of money to spend on photography gear, buy lights. Don't buy cameras, <laughs> buy lights. Lots of lights, different types of lights, different sizes and shapes and colours. Um, and so, but it's, uh, yeah, it's one that I would recommend as, as a, a, a fairly thoughtful uh, and uh, fairly pragmatic blog. Uh, about photography and occasionally with some some good photography in it as well but this fellow i think he's was in his late 50s uh and uh, he's been a professional ph photographer for decades so he's got plenty of experience uh, to draw on to to write about for the blog so this is uh the visual science lab uh is is the name of the site and the uh the site is it's a blog spot one so it comes up with a different ending depending on where you are so for me it's dot co dot uk uh in america it would be dot com uh, and it's just all as one word visual science lab dot blogspot dot whatever uh, it looks good i'm just on there now yeah it looks like a, an interesting place to go and check out it's always good when you find somebody who's writing you can en enjoy the voice that they're sharing because there's, there's so many people out there and i think inevitably this you're always going to be able to if you hunt long enough find somebody who you resonate with even if you don't always agree with them you kind of go oh yeah i see where you're coming from and yeah this guy looks interesting yeah, it, yeah, it's uh, it gives an insight into people who do photography for a living, and and as such, you get you don't get so much of the, you don't I mean they get some gear reviews and what have you, but always from the point of view of actually how do you use this gear to achieve stuff for clients. <laughs> mm. It's funny, isn't it? There's such a with the digital photography, there is this constant march of technology and oh i need to update my camera i need to do this and so there is always this thing of oh i need another camera because this one's out of date now and it's strange that there isn't that thing with film photography and yet well some of us admittedly more than others the desire to just acquire new acquire more stuff just for the sake of it is still very strong not because i mean film is film it's the film that's the thing that records the image, not the camera, really. Um, but yeah, the same problem, but completely different reasons from digital photography. Indeed, indeed. So, okay, that is our shout-outs, uh, or shout-outs, I should say, uh, for this week. Um, we 
I think, are coming towards the end of our podcast. Uh, I mean, Graham, I believe you were doing some uh, frantic searching for iTunes reviews uh, earlier on. We haven't mentioned iTunes reviews for a while. Uh, I suspect we still no need to mention them. Uh, No, there's no need to mention them, um, except to say, guys, if you're listening and you enjoy it, uh, I mean, you're obviously doing one of those things. It seems unlikely you're going to be managing both of them. But if if you're managing to listen and enjoy the show, please do think about leaving us an iTunes review because it does help us get a bit more visibility on the iTunes store. And whilst it's frustrating that that is um, the only way to try and get our name out there nevertheless that is actually the case so um yeah please do just think about dropping us a rating and dropping us a review it does really help and thank you very much to everybody who has taken that time to do so already because i know it's a bit of a pain in the neck especially if you aren't an itunes user i mean i'm i don't get my podcast through itunes i get it through an android app and so it's an extra effort for me to go and do it but i really appreciate it that people have taken that time so thank you very much uh, yes, indeed. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you also uh, to Chris, at pixelated photographer, uh, to Bill for the show notes and to Kevin McLeod for the music for our podcast. Uh, you can contact us uh, apart from just on an iTunes review. Uh, you can contact us at Sunny Sixteen Podcast. Uh, that it that works on Instagram, on Twitter, on Flickr. Uh, it's also our Gmail account, Sunny Sixteen Podcast at Gmail So all that remains to be said is Merry Christmas. This is our last publication before the holidays. I uh, hope you have a great one, and we will see you next week. Bye bye. Yeah, happy Christmas, listeners. Bye! That's pretty much... uh, a dead end. (laughs) Almost got there. 29 episodes in, still doesn't know how to wrap the show up. I don't, I have no idea sometimes. This I is really what don't. I have to work with listeners. This is the kind of bullshit I'm having to deal <laughs> it with. It doesn't get places. anywhere near the edit. <laughs> actually, <laughs> it, it might do, actually, to be fair. <laughs>